people are still people, they need the same exact type of engagement during an online experience so that they lean into it and actually participate versus tuning out multitasking um, and just being halfway connected. Welcome to Virtually Live by Kaltura. Every week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically, event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, Kaltura's product marketing manager, Amit Eshel, speaks to head of product management and division leader at IBM Watson Media, Stacey Naraki, about the difference between a true hybrid event and an in-person one that's being streamed, and what to do with all that content afterwards. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to CTA Coffee and Takeaways. I'm Amit Eshel, and I'm a product marketing manager here at Kaltura, and I'm joining you virtually live today from Tel Aviv, Israel. With me today, Stacey Naraki, uh, head of product management and a division leader at IBM uh, Watson Media and a former head of marketing, am I right? That's right. Nice to be here with you, <laughs> joining you virtually live with my coffee uh, from Burlingame, California, which is just a bit south of San Francisco. Great. Um, can you tell us a bit about your current role and uh, at IBM and how is it similar or different to your previous role, which was like you were heading marketing for years, right? Yes, yes. Most of my career has been in marketing, all aspects of marketing. Event marketing, of course, but content marketing, demand gen, product marketing. I have worn all the marketing hats you could possibly wear. Um, but about a year and a half ago, I changed uh, professions and decided to move over to the product management side, which was, uh, you know, sort of one of those things like I just want to do something different and new. I've always worked with product management as a marketer. Um, but it's been a, an adventure being on sort of the other side, uh, but really fun, you know, obviously a little bit closer to actually product development and engineering and, you know, getting under the covers a bit. Uh, but I've always been the type of marketer that likes to get under the covers anyway. So it's been really fun. And um, I feel like all my marketing background gives me an, a, a great perspective. Uh, coming wow. at the product management side. So it's been fun. In our previous conversation, you said, and I will quote, um, we are flooded with content and it's getting worse. We need to get more value out of this content. And I want to ask you, how? I mean, what do you think event owners should do or what they're not doing right now to gain more value out of their content and to leverage it better? Yeah, we are flooded with content. Um, what I meant by that is every online event, every conference, I mean, everything in the last two and a half years has been virtual. And what that really means is it's all been recorded. As a, um, so if I put my marketing hat on, that is like a gem, right? To have all this content that I can repurpose and get really creative with. Maybe I rebroadcast sessions at another live event. Maybe I use pieces of them in on-demand content for the website or for social media. There are just endless ways that you can slice and dice and repurpose that content. Uh, so from that perspective, it's fantastic. From uh, the product management side, 
it means that those of us in sort of the event industry have to start thinking about um, how to better manage that on-demand content. So in general, I think a lot of us are shifting the focus a bit to uh, pay attention to that on-demand experience, how to make it easier for people to quickly find and, re and use, um, whether that be from an attendee's perspective or from an event manager's perspective. Just how do you find, use content for whatever purpose you're looking for um, at, you know, a click of a button, make it super easy and seamless. You know what, let's talk about a sensitive topic, the post-COVID hybrid culture. Um, uh, do you think that a smooth, holistic hybrid experience exists? Because I remember you said that people can only do one thing at a time, and that includes event planners and hosts. So, so do you yeah. think that, that hybrid is something that can actually happen? You know, if we're talking about a true online conference experience, my personal opinion with today's, with the tools that we have at our fingertips today is no. Um, I really believe that event organizers out there, the executives that sponsor these events, you really, you really just naturally pivot to, um, you know, prefer, you know, guide your experiences around the people that are in the room, the people that have invested their time, who have paid their money, who have traveled from wherever, whether that be car, train, airplane, whatever, they have invested more uh, than the people that are watching online. And I think you just naturally lean in to that in-person experience, which in my opinion, means that the online experience suffers. But I do think that there's going to be huge innovation to improve that type of experience, to make it more collaborative, basically to make it more fair and even uh, for the people that are remote and the people that are in the room to really work together uh, and not just listen if you're not physically there. It's any, any kind of pain drives innovation. Think of the pain that we experienced at the big, you know, the very start of the pandemic, where all of a sudden nobody could be in the same room with anybody else. And engineers all over the world very quickly innovated and rapidly developed all kinds of different ways for people to host online things of all different sorts of flavors. Uh, so. You know, when there's significant pain, there's significant innovation. So I think we're going to see a lot of it in the coming months and years. You had a very interesting insight. You, th you said that uh, it sounds like it's taken for granted, but it's not really taken for granted. You said that internal customers are eventually customers, just like external customers. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, we do know this, but most companies don't really treat uh, uh, their internal customers and the external customers the same. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, what do you think they miss when they do it uh, in the aspect of digital experience uh, and uh, that, that is provided to them and, and, and its quality? Yeah, I think I, what I was really thinking about there is that people are still people. <laughs> and uh, I think that living through the pandemic years where we all learned so much about virtual experiences, before the pandemic, uh, I was still in this, you know, online events type of space. And before the, the pandemic, there were 
there were different ways of thinking about when you do like a town hall event for your employees, and many of them might be virtual and many of them might be in a conference room, um, versus the experience of doing an online trade show or customer facing um, experience. It's very difficult to really tell if somebody is uh, multitasking. <laughs> uh, are they on their phone the whole time during the conference? Are they, you know, toggling over to something else and checking That's email? Um, people are still people, whether they're your employees and you're trying to get them to pay attention to the latest HR announcements, whether it's a product launch, whether it's a shareholders conference, it, it doesn't matter. People are still people. They need the same exact type of engagement during an online experience so that they lean into it and actually participate versus tuning out multitasking um, and just being halfway connected. Yes, agree. Um, just before we wrap up, it's time for mid-busting. So can you tell us the greatest uh, events or marketing myth you found out was wrong the hard way? The myth that I'll choose is like, Technology is so great these days with events online. Why do I need a contingency plan? And uh, from, from participating and planning thousands of events, I can tell you that there's never a time where you don't need a contingency plan. With live events, unexpected things happen all the time. <laughs> so... How many times do we have to do these things to learn these lessons? Don't make any changes at the last minute. Always have a contingency plan. Always test and retest and retest. Uh, but I guess the lesson learned is that you can never over-prepare when you're doing a live event and you're going to be streaming it online in real time with a live audience. Thank you so much, Ceci, uh, for everything. Uh, you gave us a lot of uh, food and coffee. I just I'm almost finished my uh, cup here for thought. <laughs> Thank you. Still have my cup. Thank you, Stacey Naraki and Amit Eshel for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, here's seven questions and events with Qualified's VP Demand Generation, Sarah McConnell. Welcome to Seven Minutes in Events. Seven questions in seven minutes with industry expert, Sarah McConnell. No time to waste. Let's go. Sarah, question one. What's the one thing you want your attendees to get out of your events? I sounds silly, but I want them to learn something. It needs to be tactical and they should be able to walk away and put something into practice as soon as possible after the event. So there's got to be some good tactical learnings. I don't think that sounds silly at all. Um, <laughs> number two, what's your favorite way to engage with your audience? Mine personally has got to be LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn. If you find me on there, I post gifts all the time. It's my favorite thing. It's my brand. I love it. Um, so connecting with people on LinkedIn is my favorite. And I will say connecting, not being pitched on LinkedIn, but uh, for like peers learning, it's got to be LinkedIn. Awesome. Uh, number three, who would your dream keynote speaker be? No restrictions. Okay. I'm going to give two. I'm going to break the rules. Marketing specific. It's got to be Sarah Franklin from Salesforce. I've heard her keynote a few times and she's 
just mm. fabulous, awe-inspiring. If it was non-marketing related, I'm going to have to go with Cody Rigsby from Peloton because anyone who can motivate me to actually work out, it's going to be a really good keynote speaker. So it's, it's going to have to be Cody Rigsby from a non-marketing perspective. Uh, I, I can respect that. Uh, my, my previous <laughs> office setup had a, a Peloton bike in the background, so I, yeah. I can, I can relate. You know, you know. Um, number four, which trend in virtual events are you most looking forward to? I have to say hybrid. I think bringing in small, okay. Hybrid with a twist. I think virtual events, but with like very small in-person like watch parties or dinners or like if you can bring some people together in tandem with that virtual, I've seen people starting to do that. And I think it's very cool. It's not something we've tested at Qualified yet, but um, I think it's something we're going to start to see a lot more of as people have that that desire to get back in person in, in small groups. Awesome. Number five, what's an event marketing pitfall people should watch out for? Ooh, I think my number one is expecting last touch pipeline within the first 30 days of event and expecting it at a high quantity. So we kind of talked about it in our session. I feel like event pipeline's a long game, six months to a year. It's really good at sourcing pipeline. But if you're expecting this like instant gratification of pipeline from events, you're probably going to set yourself up to fail and you're going to stop investing in events and it's going to impact your bottom line. Excellent. Excellent response. Um, Number six, what's your go-to source for personal development info, you know, in, in terms of um, events and marketing? I think one, seeing is believing. So in-person events, I like to go to events. I like to see what are other people doing, what's cool. So much inspiration from what other people are doing at events, whether it's like booths or like smaller things that they're doing at larger events. So I love in-person, but then communities. I think just being able to idea share with communities, whether it's like a a pavilion or like metadata has a great community called demand. Any of those communities are fantastic for being able to just see what other people are doing, ask questions, bounce ideas off each other. So in person. And I think any communities are my go-tos. Yeah. Uh, on that note, seven, uh, shout out another event professional. This one is so easy. It's my senior director of strategic events at qualified. Her name is Amy Clossing. Everything we do at Qualified from an events perspective is Amy. Like she is just so fantastic. And if you ever come to a Qualified event, you're like, this was great. It was all her. So I have to give her a shout out because she is really the brains and the muscle behind the operations. And uh, we wouldn't be where we're at without her. So thank you, Amy. Well, it, it looks like we have a little bit of extra time. So I'm going to throw in two Ooh. bonus questions. Oh, gosh. The first okay. one. I'm so excited. Hot take. Are in-person events a thing of the past? No, I don't think so. I think the way we know in-person events are a way of the past. I don't think people are willing to just put hundreds of thousands of dollars into a booth and expect ROI from it. I think those have come to their their much needed end, but I think in-person is still here. People still want to get together. We still crave it, but I think it's just going to look different than it, it used to. Yeah. And uh, our last question here. What's the most significant change in event marketing over the last few years? And we'll extend that pre pre uh, 2020 if, if the, you think it started before that. Ooh, event marketing. Oh, I you know what? I think it's a good one. I think putting more when I think about old like traditional marketing for like in person, it was a lot of like sales, like how can sales drive their prospects and their leads to come yeah. to the event? And I think there's a bigger onus on marketing now to help drive registration, whether that's like through their own database or 
through ad dollars and communities. And I think marketing is just so much more like in touch with everything that's going on and like how they're allocating dollars. So I think from a, I think there's a shift there. I think there is more on marketing to help drive registration than just sales than there used to be. And I love that. I think that is a great thing. From, from the sales side of things, I love it too. Um, <laughs> it's a little, yeah, super helpful. So, I, was, and I will say uh, our that, sales uh, team does like that too. They're like, yeah. can you, can you help out a little bit with drive more registrations? I'm like, no, we've tapped out our database. I need your help now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, uh, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. It's It's been great. And uh, as, as always, uh, Kaltura thanks you and appreciates your time. Yeah. Thank you so much, Aaron.